Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Last night I did something that I don't normally do. I uh, reached into the medicine cabinet and grabbed some uh, cold medicine, sleep aid stuff, you know. Um, well, I didn't want to say the name of it, dear, because you're not supposed to advertise, right? It's okay. <laughs> I could do that. Anyway, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I knew I needed to get some good sleep, and and uh, I hadn't been feeling well. And this morning, my wife, I, I could hear, Steve, 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 Steve. I'm like, what? That's not good, because I always wake up really early, and in my first thought was, I miss church. What happened? <laughs> it was like two hours later than when I normally would get up on a Sunday morning, but we jumped out of bed and got here, and I was feeling a little twitchy from whatever that was I took last night. There was, must have been something in there, but I never woke up until uh, I was startled. It wasn't too late, though. We're here, so it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Whether we're feeling a little under the weather or not, uh, God is always faithful. Um, it, it's been great because the last uh, couple weeks, I've been talking about waiting in God's presence and being a reflection of, of Jesus Christ. And it, it's been so good to be able to wait in his presence as we did this morning, just, just basking and, and taking advantage of the opportunity we have. Um, uh, maybe I'll ask you a question. Have you ever jumped into a project, building something, putting something together, whether it's your kids or something your wife asks you to do or husband, whatever, and you just jumped right in and started doing it without really looking at the instructions? I've done that a few times because I feel like, oh, I can do this. And then maybe later feeling like, eh, maybe I better go back and at least look at that one section or that one page Maybe there must be something in there. And usually for me, more lately, it's been the reason I don't, maybe didn't read the instructions because the print is so stinking small. <laughs> I don't want to go find my glasses to put them on and try to read the print. And then it's like 12 languages and I'm flipping it up and down and back and forth. I don't know what I'm reading. But uh, anyway, instructions and, and, and getting instructions before we jump out and what, the, are on those instructions and what are the things that we are to take a hold of and understand first. And I want to talk this morning about uh, a couple things in regards to this and Jesus and his disciples when Jesus was getting ready to ascend to heaven and there was some things that he had talked to his disciples about and then there was some things that were going to happen. There was a very important process so we're going to talk about that this morning, and we're going to talk a little bit about just the power of worship and a couple of things I want to tag on along there. This morning, um, I agree with uh, Dave's prayer uh, this morning, and uh, uh, for me, I appreciate that. I just want to pray over the word this morning. Lord, I thank you, the word that you've given me for this house, God. I thank you that you love when we spend time with you. Our relationships go so deep when we spend time with you. The more time we spend with you, the more we get to know you, 
the more we fall in love with you, the more we know that you have everything in control. We're staying steadfast with you. Our hope is in you. And we thank you, God, that the word this morning will be in our heart that we would receive and understand what it is you're saying to the church, what you're saying to us in preparation for where you're taking us. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You can take a look in your Bible or your electronic device or on the screen in Acts chapter one. And as I read through this, I wanna make some points, some key, key words. Acts chapter one, starting in verse four. Once he, Jesus, was eating with them, the disciples, he commanded them. Okay, so stop there. Here's the command. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. There's a command there. Do not leave Jerusalem. All right? That means stay where you're at. Wait. Says, as I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. Here is a point where there's confusion. They kept asking him, Lord, has a time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They weren't, they were a little confused at what this whole waiting was for. They were thinking, oh, great. Finally, he replied, here's the clarification. This is what Jesus said. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Okay, he, he's, he's clarifying that. Okay, if, you're, if that's what you're all worried and concerned about, I'm on a different track right now. So he's bringing clarification. So, okay, here's the commission. Now that he's clarified it, it's, it's not about that. So here's a commission. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay, the, he's going to commission them. They're going to receive the power. That when the Holy Spirit comes, they're waiting for something. They're waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't fully understand that yet. But he said, I need you to wait. My command is to wait for this. So here's... Now the back end of another command that he's given them, the second command. You will, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Starts off with a command saying, hey, stay here. Okay, we got that. Clarifies some things. They were a little confused. He brings them back into place. He commissions them saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. When that happens, then you are going to be commanded to go and be my witnesses. Tell people what you've witnessed spending time with me. You're going to tell people about who I am. They longed to see the time where the enemies would be defeated and they would see their Messiah come and rule and reign. And that's, that's what they were thinking about through this whole time. There's going to be a glorious kingdom But they didn't realize, first of all, there had to be some spiritual change adjustment. Something spiritually had to happen and come into their lives to bring them into alignment to that place where they could be effective witnesses. They had a lot of knowledge. They had a lot of things that they saw Jesus do, 
But there was something that was going to happen internally that, to them. There was going to be an a, uh, infusion of Jesus, really, and in the, in the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them that was going to rock their world, that was going to change everything for them. Now, as far as the return of Christ, that they were, they were kind of asking that question in there, but as far as that's concerned, that's not something that Jesus or God chose that he's going to reveal to anybody. You don't, don't worry about that, but, but God's the one that knows, and he'll take care of that in, in due time. Don't worry about Don't consume your thoughts about when Jesus is coming. And there's no reason to speculate, for us to speculate and try to pin, pinpoint, oh, this is when Jesus is going to come. That's, so then I need to know, Then by then I'll be prepared. The reason he tells us, doesn't tell us when he's coming and all the prognosticators and all those people who think they know or spend their life trying to figure out when's Jesus going to return. It was 1988 was one of the times I remember. He was going to come in 1988. Well, we all know he didn't. But the person that thinks they know probably doesn't know. And if they happen to, by chance, pick a date, and they were lucky to pick it. God's up there going, eh, I'm changing it. <laughs> I don't want this guy getting any glory. So however God works, how he works. But that's not, shouldn't be something that we spend our time focusing on is when Christ's going to return. And I always feel like it's important that we prepare as if he's not going to come in our lifetime, but live as if he is coming tomorrow. That, that should be our attitude in the process. And Maybe not so be have to be so caught up in all the rest of it. But we're supposed to be busy today about what God is doing in our lives and about what he has done. And busy talking about our faith, talking about the message of the good news. The second coming of Christ is not a riddle that we need to solve or try to solve. It's that's not what it is. We know he's coming someday, and that's exciting. And we don't know what that looks like as far as whether we'll be alive or, or not alive, but one day we know we're going to all be alive together, and we're going to be united in heaven. It'll be a great time, an awesome time. Amen? Well, some people have been called and gifted in the area of evangelism, which we see in Ephesians 4.11. There, there is a calling in that regard. Um, but all, we know that, but we also know all of God's people have been called to be a witness for Christ. We've all been called. That, that's, that's a command for us, to, to go and be a witness of however God's called you to share your testimony of what, what did you witness in your life? There's something miraculous that happened in your life, and that's something that you have that you personally can share with other people some fashion in some way. Not every Christian maybe would even bring a sinner to repentance and to faith with the Lord. Maybe not. But we still all have, we are all a testimony of the goodness and the greatness of God. We can all bear witness of who he is, his faithfulness as our Savior. We can share with people what we have witnessed. Personally, I've witnessed God do some amazing things in my life. And I like to share those things with people when there's opportunity that comes up. I had an opportunity just a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I, we were... We invited several people over sitting around our table who are not believers. We had 10, 10 adults 
sitting around our table, we fed him dinner. The opportunity came up to share because there was something that was said about how a person, when they moved into their home, thought, oh, I need to throw, what was it? Sage or something to, to ward off the evil spirits or whatever. Boy, that gave me an open door. And it was great for us to sit there and talk about, in conversation, about the power of God and how we don't have fear of those things and we can call on God for those. And, and a testimony that I gave of, of how God spoke to me once in a really difficult situation uh, that was stressful and God showed me and pointed out exactly where I needed to look for something. I told him this story. And you're just like, really? You're, you're, you're joking. No, no, no. That's our God. That's how he works. You know, we have a testimony. We, we can be a witness to something we've seen. that We can talk to just the ordinary people that are out there. And we don't have to be fearful of, oh, I don't want to be judged for that. No, I'm excited about the goodness of God in my life. I want people to know about that. And we should all want that. Dr. Oswald J. Smith, this is uh, one of the things, a quote that he had was, the light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home. It's interesting because sometimes people are like, well, you know, I need to go across the world or the other side of the earth to, or to do this or to, be, to go be a missionary or whatever. Well, whatever, the light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home. And I like that. There was two commands that we, again, that Jesus gave to his disciples. First of all, we said he's to wait in Jerusalem. The second one was to go into the world. Those were the two commands that he gave. The waiting part was very critical in regards to the going and the doing. The waiting was so critical, so important. The waiting. And that's why when we're in his presence, it's so important that we wait. That we wait. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a rush. Oh, I got to get, I got to do, I got to, or I just need to talk. I need to talk. I need to, I need to let God know. I got to keep talking. I got to keep letting him know. And he said, it's okay. I know. I get it. I hear you. Now just wait. Wait, because the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to do something amazing. Let's wait. We are in a season of waiting right now, which is good because there is a commissioning that's happening for all of us. There's a commissioning. There's something taking a place. God's doing something special. The Holy Spirit was empowering the disciples to minister those things that needed to happen when Jesus ascended. There was something the Holy Spirit was going to do. He's empowering them. He's coming to indwell in them. It's very clear as Christians, we can say we've witnessed something incredible. Each one of us who accepted Jesus Christ, we've witnessed the power of God. We've, something struck us to say, I need that. I need that. And there's things that have happened in our lives that we've witnessed the power of God, the power of Jesus at work. And it's also clear that we've received a command. Once we say yes to Jesus, there's a command. Then, okay, we need to be 
followers of Jesus. And then we, like last week I was talking about becoming leaders. If we've witnessed something, we're a leader because we're the ones that have seen really what happened. And so we can lead others and point them to that direction of what we witnessed. There, there's a place of waiting in the spirit. There, there's a fresh touch of God that's coming upon us as we wait in the spirit. There's, there's a fresh wave of his spirit. And I believe that this is a key time for us as a church. And this will have a great effect on our commissioning as what we're called to do and what we're called to, who we're called to be. If we want it to be fruitful, then the waiting part is so important, is so important. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We read in the first couple of chapters of Acts where that really was a waiting period. It's a, it was a period of the fresh power that God was coming and bringing. There was an encouragement. There was an, a commissioning. All of these things that were happening in the first couple of chapters. And then, and, and having intimacy with him, all of those things. And then the rest of the book really is about the sending, the going, the doing, the commissioning, and, and being effective. Disciples, they were going to fulfill what they were commissioned to do. And, and like I said, I just, I just believe, I just sense this, that God has brought us into this waiting period, and it's okay. It's okay. We don't have to be restless. We don't have to be anxious, because that's, that's the tendency, is to get restless, get anxious. Man, we man, we need to be moving. We need to be doing something. But I just believe in the spirit sense and spirit realm right now, God's called us to this place of waiting on him, waiting in his presence. And I had to come to the place myself where I'm okay with that. Because as a pastor, I want to put the pedal down right now. I do. And there's some great things that God wants us to do as a church. But I believe he really wants to go deep in each of our lives. And he's doing a work in us. He's doing a work in us so that we can be effective fruit bearers and be effective in our commissioning. There's a fresh power that he desires us to walk in. And it comes from intimacy with him, spending time with him so that we can be effective in our mission. I want to reflect just a couple moments here on the power of worship. And we, we experienced this morning there's a couple of scriptures we, I want us to turn to or we can take a look at. First one is in Psalm 89, verse 15. Psalm 89, 15. And I love this verse. It says, Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Of course, you can hear all of the, the joyful call, the music, the whatever is going on in the background. You can hear it. For they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. There's a joyful call. Worship is a joyful time. It's a rejuvenating time and it's an exciting time. It's, but as we worship, we can still wait in that worship. Just waiting on him, waiting on him. And I, I love doing that because... Once I settle down, because I know for some of us, we get, we get a little anxious about whatever's going on. Once I settle down and I said, 
and always say, oh, I'm so glad I took the time to get in his presence and, and, and worship so I can hear him. So I can, and I'm waiting on him. I can hear him. It's always a good time. It's a refreshing time, and it's a building up time. And whatever the challenges that I've been faced with seem to just sort of dissipate in that presence. I don't know how to explain it, but he's God, and, he, and he's awesome. I, I've heard many people that I've talked to in this church say, you know what, the big reason why I come to City Life Church is because of the worship. You know, I love to hear that. I love to hear when people say that. I'm not offended that they didn't say, I come there because I want to hear you preach. I'm not offended. I, the worship's a great. That's the best part. And whatever I bring may be some added value, but you can hear people talk all the time. But worship things can happen in, in a moment. The Holy Spirit works. He's powerful. He's powerful. And hopefully what I can do is just bring some clarity, maybe some, to some things that God is wanting to do. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, starting in the first verse, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, he is good. His faithful love endures forever. You, the, you know, just, just to see that, the, the power of God at work, and this is back in the Old Testament where, I mean, God was, he just came, boom, fire came down and the priest couldn't even enter. It, it was, there was just the glorious presence of God was so amazing. And then people just, boom, face down on the floor. They're worshiping and they're praising God. God is faithful. Where can you get that? It's great to go to a sporting event or go to a concert or whatever it may be. But when you come into the presence of the Lord and he comes in such a powerful, strong way, and you are in a place where you can't move. There's just, a, there's something that's just a, that's fallen the place. That's, there's just a power that cannot be explained because it's, it's a supernatural act of God. Psalm 73, starting verse 25. This is out of the Message Bible. You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. Now, I, I love how this goes. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is rock firm and faithful. And this isn't talking about, you know, trying to describe some haggerty old person. This is, this is something that says, through everything I've ever been through life, it doesn't matter what my challenge is, what my problem is, or what I've been faced with, God, you are rock solid. I've experienced a lot of things in my life, but one thing I know, that God is rock solid. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. He doesn't turn his back. He is faithful to us no matter what the challenge we face. And we need to grab a hold of that and know God is rock firm and he is faithful. It goes on to say, look, those who left you are falling apart. And this is reality because there are people, believers, 
whatever the situation is that when challenges have hit them, they didn't pursue God, they didn't go into his presence, they didn't, they, they withdrew, they pulled back, and now they're, they're no longer. And, and what are they, what's going on when they're out there? They're falling apart, their life's a mess. Deserters, they never, they'll never be heard from again. But I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. Oh, how refreshing it is being in the presence of God. There's nothing more refreshing than being in the presence of God. And there's a lot about his creation that's very refreshing. You can never get tired of streams, the lakes, the ocean, the mountains, just the beauty. It's refreshing. You go for a hike or you go camping, you go out and you do these things and you just take in his beauty. And, and it's so refreshing to sit in a lounge chair by the river with no mosquitoes and no bugs. And, I mean, it's refreshing. But not can even come close to compare to being in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. I've made Lord God my home. God, I'm telling the world what you do. See, this is the testimony part of our experience of being refreshed in his presence. And this is what Jesus was telling his disciples. Wait here, because something radical is going to happen to you. The Holy Spirit's going to come and indwell you. He's going to come and he's going to change your life. And you're going to go out there and you're going to want to tell the world about what he's done. There is a commissioning but there's a command to wait. There's a command to wait. And I just believe we're in that, that waiting period. Not that we're not out there doing and being a blessing and being a light, but there's something that God is doing right now in us in this waiting period. That last sentence there just kind of sums up Acts 1.8. Going out, commission to tell the world. Philippians 4 Starting in verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. We know that. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> I love that. A lot of times, it, I would say that gets flip-flopped. We worry about everything and don't pray about anything. We go through times like that. And we kind of, God has to kind of snap us back into place going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, I got this thing backwards. That's right. I'm not supposed to worry about these things. I need to pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's the other part. So many times we tell God what we need, but we don't thank him. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We always focus on the opposite of those things when we get into a spot where we're just not happy with what's going on in our life. We don't see God jumping in and quick enough. And our focus becomes on the negative things and this and that and if this and what if. And he says, put your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, holy, all of these things, admirable. Philippians 127, 
above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. As I talked about last week, good news is good news. There's nothing bad about Jesus Christ and the good news. That's the gospel. It's good news. There's a translation, it's called God's Word Translation, which I don't take a look at that very often, I have to say. But the very first sentence where in the New Living it says, above all you must live as citizens of heaven. The, this God, the God's Word Translation says this, live as citizens who reflect the good news about Christ. We are be, to be a reflection of the good news a reflection of who he is. And if we don't feel like we're a good reflection, then that's where we spend time in his presence and become a good reflection because when we're with him, we reflect him and who he is. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious, glorious image. It's, that's what's happened when we're spending time. The veil's been removed. We can see clearly. We can see when all of those things are taken away out of the, out of the that, that have bogged us down. We come more and more like him. I want to become more and more like him. I'm a ways from it. But every day I want to wake up and say, God, I, I, I want to be more like you today. I, but yet, so many times we fail in our own doing, because we can't do it on our own, but with God, all things are possible. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Genesis 126, the Message Bible says this, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. I like that. Not only are we made in God's image, but we are a reflection of his character. That's, that's who, what we should be aspiring to be, a reflection of his character. Then Matthew 6, 24 and 25, 16, excuse me, 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So many times we're about trying to save ourselves. Hold on to whatever little we have, but this is all I have. I better hang on to this. When the word says, if you give that up, give that up. Don't, don't try to hang on to that. Because if you try to hang on to whatever little's left, you're going to lose that anyway. But if, you, if we give up our life for his life and let him have control of our life, we will be preserved and saved through the process. And then 1 Corinthians 1.9, God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Partnership. But God, all these things are against me. All these challenges I'm facing. He said, I don't, I don't, 
I don't care about all those things. I've invited you to, be, to partner with me. He, he wants us to partner with him. We're, we're commissioned with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm partnering with you to reach the lost, to reach those that have yet to hear the good news, the gospel. There's a plan that God wants to unfold to us in regards to that. We've received the command. There's no confusion. We've been commissioned. And so it's important for us to get ready for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon us, each one of us. And I will tell you this. It's our, each one of us, our responsibility individually throughout the week to, to prepare ourselves to be in his presence. Because when we come on Sunday or whatever time we come together, there's that much more, a greater atmosphere that can happen and, and the things that, the moving of the Holy Spirit in that process. I want to ask the musicians and worship team if you come this time. God's begun a good work in each of our lives, amen? And he's faithful to complete it. He's faithful to complete it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Lord, you taught your disciples how to pray. And those words are penned for us to know how to pray. Lord, I pray that you help each one of us as we spend time with you, as we seek you, as we wait on you that our ears and our hearts would be open to hear the words of our Heavenly Father. Lord, we believe, absolutely believe that you are a God of miracles. Lord, we've been praying and we have been contending for miracles, for healing for people in this church. We know, God, you're faithful to complete the work. Lord, as we wait on you, we wait on you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength mount up with wings as eagles they'll run and not be weary they'll walk and not faint Lord as we wait on you we believe your word is true the weariness will go strength will return Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 